So as always, it's really sweet to be in Tucson uh, and have your association. Uh, any requests? What do you? What would you like to talk about in Bhagavad Gita tonight? Any favorite parts or any questions? Here's your chance. I don't have. I won't dictate to you. You can just. Well, this grab group it. just finished going through um, <coughs> one chapter a week, right, Melissa? And Correct. They went yes. Through all 18 chapters, and um, I don't know if you guys came across any stuck points or there was anything that you wondered about. But Jivananda would be a great one to ask. Well, not a great one, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I got one, but I want to give a chance to. Sure, sure, that. sure. And Damador I just met today. I was out to shopping, and uh, he came up to me. Damador, Jai, wow. welcome. Wow, he's coming just in front of the month of Damador. Karti is the month of Damador. I've been always trying to come, but uh, I never got a chance, and I didn't know when the classes are. Yeah, we have quite a few. We have a Friday night class, too, Friday so night. that starts at 7. That's a yeah. Srimad Bhagavatam. I was there one time when they were running the class over there, and I went there for... I waited there for 15 minutes and someone said, no, it's not here yet. Oh. It's <laughs> so often in this class goes. This is every Wednesday? This is every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 6.30 to 8. 6.30 Yeah. That's a Prashad afterwards. What was your topic? About I was about uh, thinking about, you know, surrender, Saranagati. Different phases. Bhaktivinoda talked talk, talks about it. So uh -huh. Different stages of Saranagati and how to surrender. What does it all mean, maybe? Yeah, surrender. That's good. Let me look in Bhagavad Gita. I'll see. What does what does Bhagavad Gita say about surrender? I'm drawing a blank right now. I know it's in here. Sarva Dharma Ah, yeah, eighteen sixty six. Perfect. Thank you. See how it's important for the devotee. We depend on each other. We help each other. My mind is is uh, lame, and that was a good suggestion. Uh, there it is, already had it marked. Let's see what Krishna says about that, and we'll talk about that in depth. It's a really good subject. Krishna says in uh, 18th chapter, 66th verse, Sarva dharmam parityagya mamikam saranambhaja aham twam sarva pabeyo moksha ishami ma suchaha. Translation. <coughs> Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. So Krishna is saying, uh, abandon all types of religion and just surrender unto me. Then he says, I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. So you're getting this from the Supreme Godhead. Do not fear. In other words, be convinced. I give you my word. Where would you like me to sign? We'll get it notarized. You know, this is, you know, he's making this very, he's driving this home. So I'll read from the purport, but <clears throat> does anybody wonder, well, why would God tell me to give up religion? A lot of people say that when they hear that. Yeah. Why would this Krishna say that? Boy, what a naughty guy this he is. He's telling me to give up all forms of religion. Religious practices? And yeah. And 
Well, we're not a religion. Sometimes people say that to, to me. So, what, what does that have to do? It means I should not be a Hare Krishna? We're not a religion. Now, we have to be classified for purposes of the state and the governments and whatever, uh, classified as a religion. But uh, we're not a religion because we follow Krishna, and Krishna told us all give it, give up all forms of religion and just surrender unto me. So Krishna consciousness is a process of doing that, surrendering to Krishna. Now, it may appear like a religion, but uh, it's the it's the topmost path, uh, or it's the topmost destination of any yoga path. I'm going to talk about this in, on Sunday, the Sunday feast lecture. Uh, the ultimate goal is to uh, achieve love of Godhead. You see. Now, let me give you a, an example about uh, this. Let's say that you're staying in a nice hotel. I've used this before, and it seems to work. Uh, you're staying in a nice hotel, and uh, the next morning you have to catch a plane. And so you call down to the front desk and you say, "Oh, my dear sir." I have to catch a plane uh, tomorrow. Could you send a car for me? You know. So oh, yes, we have a we have a limousine that will take you to the airport. Oh, very good. You know. Uh, leave at seven? Yes, yes. We'll pick you up at seven. Be out front with your bags. So here you are, out front with your bags, all ready to go. And the nice limousine pulls up, and you think, "Wow, that's that's nicer than I expected." I was thinking, you know, like a Toyota van or something. This is a stretch limo. So you get in, and he's driving you to the airport, and along the way, you start to enjoy this stretch limo. You know, it's big, it's comfortable, it's got a refrigerator, <laughs> you know, uh, stereo. Mm -hmm. uh, what else did they have? Just, you know, tele you know, television. It's got all Flashy this lights. Uh, yeah, <laughs> strobe lights. Yeah. Dancing girl, well, not dancing girl, <laughs> but you, you get, you know. Lumbar support. Lumbar support, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's got everything. So, uh, you're sitting there fascinated at this limousine, and then you pull up at the airport, and the driver says, okay, sir, we're here. And uh, you're like, uh, well, I don't know, uh, it's pretty nice, you know, uh, don't you, uh, can you take me back to the hotel and bring me back, you know? Uh, you see, you've become attached to the thing that's delivering you to your destination. You forgot about your destination. You became attached to uh, the path that takes you. See, before you started out, you had your eye on this destination. I'm going home, and I'm eager to get home. You see, you're picturing your family and, you know, getting back to your home, and so you start on the path. The limousine's taking you to the airport, which is going to take you home. But somewhere along uh, the way, you, came, you became so attached to the, uh, the transportation that you forgot about the destination. You forgot about going home. So that may be a crude example, but sometimes people get uh, caught up on uh, the path. They get caught up on the religious activity, you see. Uh, and, and it's possible for us to do it. We can get too much into being a Hare Krishna that we might forget, wait a minute, being a Hare Krishna means to be a lover of Krishna. You see, I, I, my, 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 my goal, my destination 
is to learn to love God, to learn to love Krishna. <clears throat> Not to be uh, a temple president or uh, a manager or, uh, you know, whatever, you see. Not some, something that will glorify me. So sometimes we see people, and, and why, why uh, is it easier for us than it is many other religious practices? Why is it easier for us? To become attached? No, easier for us to not become attached, to, be, oh. to stay attached to the goal. Because it's the path of bhakti. Yeah, and we have more knowledge about what this guy's like once we get there, this Krishna, you see? Uh, I have some Krishna, uh, Christian friends and they tell me, well, there's, there's God the Father. Uh, God the Son, God, God the Holy Spirit. And I say, well, tell me about God the Father. Mm. Well, he's... Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's, the um, uh, he's the Father of everything. Oh, well, tell me something about him. Well, uh, uh, you, know, you know, there's very little knowledge about God the Father. Some people say, well... Uh, you know, he's an, he's an old man with big gray hair beard and he's peeking down from a cloud. I'm thinking, where does it say that in these scriptures? Oh, well, it doesn't. Uh, that's just, you know, that's just what I think, you know. Yeah, so I say, well, gee whiz, if you were God, would you be old? You know, I'm not God, but I'm tired of being old already. You know, I'd rather go the other way. <laughs> so I don't think God, the almighty God, would let himself get old. You know, when you think of it, this Krishna is the perfect example. You, how many times have you thought, boy, if I was Krishna, I'd be just like him. I mean, just I mean, he's done it perfectly. He's a young, beautiful boy, uh, vibrant, attractive, fun-loving. You know, loving. You see, so uh, now. We have more information, so it's easier for us to, and, we, and we're talking about him all the time, you know. We're, we don't call him by his position. We call him by his name. Krishna, you see. We're more intimate. So it's harder for us to forget and get at attracted to the practice. It's harder for us because we've personalized this position of God, you see. As a matter of fact, we all are learning, if we don't already know, we're learning that for us to go to the destination, to uh, Goloka, Vrindavan, and be with Krishna uh, at liberation, we're going to have to get over this God thing, you see. If we, if, you cannot treat Krishna like God. See, you ever think about that? Friend. You have to be his lover, his friend. You have to get intimate. This is very close. If you say, well, I'm not ready for that. I don't want to hug him and hold his hand and play games with him. I don't want that. I prefer to treat him like God, all in reverence. Oh, well, then you can go to Lord Narayan, to the Narayan planet. This is very good. You know, there, uh, Lord Narayan, who's just like Krishna. He is Krishna, but he's an emanation, different emanation of Krishna. He sits on a, th on a throne 
in great grandeur, you see. When you see him, you fall flat. You know, amazement at this, with all, great awe and reverence at this magnificent Lord, you see. Krishna transcends that. Krishna is personal, you see. He's as close as you can get. Closer than we can imagine being with anybody else. That's, uh, that's, that's Krishna, you see. So, for people who say, well, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get that warm and fuzzy with God. Well, then, either you'll cultivate a taste for it or you'll go someplace else because there's no room in, in Goloka Vrindavan for awe and reverence. Krishna doesn't get any respect. You see? Jadwe Tamaraj and I were saying he's like that comedian, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. I tell you, I can't get any respect. You know. Why? He's naughty. He's naughty. He's going to play jokes on you. He's going he's gonna to trick you. He's going to laugh. He's going to have jokes at your expense. You're going to have jokes on, at his expense, too. You'll get payback. You see, you'll you oh there'll be you'll, you'll give him payback, but then you have to deal with him again, and no. he's going to trick you, and he's going to lie to you. Some people say God can't lie. Oh, so he's limited, huh? There's so many instances where Krishna lied. Did you steal the butter that we had hanging from the rafters? No, mother. He looked his mother in the eye and said, No, not me. <laughs> Damodar. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. He, he, he just fibbed. He can do that. He's Krishna. He ended up getting a spanking. It didn't work. His mother thought, Well, that, that's, you know, I don't, I'm not going to take this anymore. You're, all the neighbors are complaining because you're doing all these naughty things. So, um, I'm going to tie you up. I'm going to give you a spanking, and to keep you from continuing like this, I'm going to tie you up. She was so aggravated at this naughty Krishna that she decided, I'm going to tie you up. You can imagine, what is a, how far do you have to push your mother before she wants to tie you up? I mean, you've got to be pretty naughty. Okay? We're talking about a handful here. Now, how can you, you can't go this odd reverence path with uh, a character like this Krishna, you see. And then his mother goes to tie him up, you know, she's going to tie him to a big heavy grinding stone just to, just to maintain him for a while, just because he's just been causing so much trouble around the neighborhood, you know, stealing the butter, stealing the yogurt. You know, feeding it to the monkeys. He and Balaram have just, he and his little brother were just, they were horrible. <laughs> you know? So the, all the neighbors are complaining, and, and then when they would go and they would say to Krishna, stop stealing the butter, he would just smile, this charming smile. You know, and their heart would be warm and like, oh. So they're complaining to Mother so she so she thought, just to get some peace and to give the neighbors some peace, I'm, my dear son, I'm going to tie you up. So she tied a rope to the grinding stone, and then she starts to tie it around his waist. 
but what happened? It's never long enough? It was two fingers short. Yeah. So then she thought, well, I've got another rope. So I'll tie these two ropes together, and I'll have more than enough. So she did that, and she wrapped it around his waist, and she came around, and it was two fingers short. So then she got every rope that she could find in the house. You know. She had a stack of ropes, and she's tying them all together. And she wrapped it around, and again and again, it was two fingers too short. So she borrowed ropes from the other gopis, the neighbors. You know, she's like knocking on door. Yes, Mother Yashoda, can I help? Well, you know, instead of borrowing a cup of sugar or a cup of fire. <coughs> Do you have any rope? Oh, yeah, but what's your... I'm trying to tie Krishna up. <laughs> oh, well, sure, you know, here's three. As she tied them together, two fingers short. So, it's a really wonderful story in the in the tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. So what happened? Mother Yashoda was working so hard. And Krishna, being the Supreme Lord, could not be tied unless he agreed to. So he saw his mother working so hard. She began to sweat. The flowers that were in her hair started to fall out of her hair. The combs that held her hair, you know, she had her, these combs holding her hair, they fell out. And she's struggling. You know, to tie this Krishna. And Krishna looked at her and felt like, Oh, my dear mother, this is your desire. So then all of a sudden, the rope was plenty long. You see, he allowed his, this is a very important point, he allowed his devotee to conquer him. You see, that's why. We can't have awe and reverence in uh, the relationship with Krishna. Because you, at some point, will work up enough love for him that you will conquer him. He allows his devotee to conquer him. You see? Now, this verse is talking about surrender. Surrender to me, be my devotee perform loving devotional service to me. You see? So it starts out, I want you to surrender to me. It will end up, he will surrender to you. When your love becomes perfect, when your love becomes uh, uh, enough, strong enough, he will acquiesce to you. He can't help it. You see? He couldn't help it with Mother Yashoda. She conquered him. He's the Supreme Godhead. <clears throat> but he's not the Supreme Godhead to her. You see. He's not the Supreme Godhead to Radharani. You know. She chastises him all the time. She tells him, you know, Krishna, you're just a puffed up cowherd boy. You are so puffed up. Because Krishna likes to have this I'm Krishna thing going, you know. Hi, I'm Krishna. You know, he knows he's the greatest. He knows he's the most beautiful, most wonderful. So sometimes Radharani will say, Krishna, you're just a puffed up cowherd boy. You know, she'll she'll uh, control him. <coughs> she'll get him in line. 
Any any questions or comments? I'll read some of the purport. But any comments? I, I have one yes, question when you were mentioning this. In the Bhagavad Gita, when Arjuna asks him, he does show himself at the as the universal form. Yeah. And <coughs> Arjuna reacts with awe and Right. But then what does Arjuna ask him to do? To go back to Take it away. <laughs> okay, that's what I yeah. Arjuna says, oh. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was being bewildered by this, this sight. Because he had known Krishna as his friend. <clears throat> they had grown up together. They were buddies, schoolmates. They spent the night at each other's house, sleeping in the same bed, wrestling with each other, you see. Then all of a sudden, you know, Arjuna sees Krishna you know, this universal form, and he's used to seeing this two-armed form of Krishna, the naughty boy. And he said, oh, take this away. Take, you know, please let me see your original form. You see, so... But <clears throat> if we have the desire for awe and reverence, Krishna will fulfill that desire. It's not bad, I'm not saying it's low class or whatever. It's according to our desire. It's a really big step, you know. It's 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 a it's a big step to get this close to the supreme Godhead. See, this Krishna, and when somebody hears it, they may think, "Oh boy, that sounds really easy." You know, he sounds like a pushover kind of God. It's really easy to be around a guy like that. You see, but it's a big step to love him that much. You see, to associate with him on that level, because you've got to have Krishna Prem. You've got to have full love of Godhead to transcend this thought that, hey, you're God. You see, nobody in Goloka Vrindavan in in. Uh, the spiritual world in Krishna's abode thinks of him as God. He's just Krishna. He's wonderful Krishna. You see. Now there's uh, there is respect that comes with love, but it's like you know, uh, heat comes with fire. You know, but it's not a noticeable. It's not something noticeable. You know. Uh, because sometimes you're going to be angry at him. You know? He likes to tease Radharani to the point that she gets angry. <coughs> because he likes the way her eyebrows look right. when she's angry. It's pretty angry. You know? He finds it very attractive. And then he says sweet words to her. You know? Oh, my dear Radharani. Show me that face that looks like a lotus flower. Oh, Krishna. <laughs> and he'll do that to us too. You know, he'll tease us. Uh, it was said in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, uh, there's a, a story about Gopakumar. And he goes to, he gets to go uh, visit the, the uh, Goloka Vrindavan, Krishna's abode. And the people, he came back and the people were asking him, well, what was it like there? And he saw it was fantastic, it was wonderful. Well, what was Krishna doing? 
And he said, oh, Krishna was entertaining unlimited, innumerable living entities. How? Well, he was telling humorous stories, imitating humorous characters, and distorting his face. <laughs> so he's telling jokes, he's doing imitations, and he's making faces. He's a stand-up comedian, you know. He's, and he had everybody in stitches. Can you imagine how Krishna can make you laugh? Krishna can make a face that will make you just die laughing. You know. Not literally. <laughs> so, uh, and so it's a different relationship. Krishna is asking for surrender. Let's see. Now, um, a lot of people don't want to do that. That's, uh, that's, that's a nasty word. <clears throat> it has uh, negative connotations because that's what uh, General Lee did to General Grant. That's what the, uh, the Japanese did to, the, uh, to America after we threw bombs on them. That's what uh, the Germans did. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a loss. That's the way we look at it, surrender. Because those types of surrender are out of force. You have no choice. It's either do this or die. And there's no love involved. Now surrender with the element of love is very sweet. Very sweet. See, lovers surrender to one another. The father surrenders to the wife and the, and the family and the children. And the wife surrenders to the children and to the husband. You see? So when, when you add the element of love, surrender becomes very sweet. It's not bitter at all. So it takes on a whole different meaning. It's similar, you know. So what Krishna is asking isn't, oh, he, he's really not asking you to let him dominate you. He's giving you an opportunity to dominate him. You see, like his mother, she dominated Krishna. Huh? Radharani dominates Krishna. Krishna gets dominated a lot, and he loves it. Chivananda, yesterday in class you, you gave the definition of Mother Yashoda's name. Is that right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what was that? Uh, boy, it's tough to get old. I don't remember. Uh, uh, one who gives fame. That's right. You know, one who gives fame because uh, Krishna... Um, Krishna said that um, uh, he wanted Yogamaya to be born in, uh, in her womb, and she would get fame from that. You know, so she, that, she, that means to give fame. Give her a fame. Any more questions or comments? Does Yogamaya incarnate as a human being on Earth? Yeah. Oh. Human-like, yeah. She's shown riding a tiger, and she has many arms. But she's not Ma Durga. Yeah, she's, she is Durga. Oh, she is? Yeah. Yeah. And um, people approach her for great... Uh, today's verse in the, in the Bhagavatam is talking about how Krishna is saying, if you do this, if you take birth in Mother Yashoda, as Mother Yashoda's daughter, then people will approach you, and they'll offer great sacrifices to you to to get uh, 
monetary reward. They'll ask for great benedictions from you. So you will be famous, and, you see. Now that's kind of like religion as we kind of know it today. It's what we were talking about uh, in class this morning. As we know it today, it's kind of like uh, we approach God with a, with a wish list. You know, it's kind of like, oh, dear God, okay, hallowed be your name and your really great gripe, uh, uh, praises and all that. Okay, uh, I hope you've got your pen and paper because here's my list for today. All right, first of all, give me daily bread. Uh, I need a new car because the old one's about to poop out, you know, uh, gee whiz. Uh, and we need, you know, little Johnny needs braces, so uh, are, you, are you getting this? Okay. You know, gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, we approach uh, Lord Shiva. Some people approach Lord Shiva, uh, who is very easily pleased. Lord Shiva is very easily pleased. Uh, Ganesh, the demigods, we, you know, Lord Ganesh, we approach him. Uh, we offer some incense or some worship. Please give me money. Make my business successful. In India, you can see, uh, you've probably seen the wallas in India, when they're opening their shop, you know, they're doing a little puja, offering the incense, agarbati, to uh, Ganesh for money. They'll open up the cash register and offer it inside the cash register. It's really, I'm not exaggerating, you know. So please give me a successful day. Let the sales come. Prophets will soar, my dear Lord. You see. So this is common. This is common. Many people uh, pray to God. I mean, practically everybody. Please give me this. Please correct that. My boss is really being a jerk. Can you help me with this? And you say, give me, give me, give me, give me. So, um, so Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, in, in Bhagavad Gita, um, Bhaktaram Jagyatapasyam. I am the ultimate beneficiary of any sacrifice or penance austerity whatsoever. Whenever you're offering something to Ganesh, it ultimately goes to Krishna. You see. He's the beneficiary of everything. He is the chief. He's the head of the demigods. They answer to him. It's like, and I've used this before, it's like uh, if you check into a hotel, you know, you may deal with some, you know, nice young man or young lady, they check you in. And, uh, you know, you say, how much is that for one room, one night? And they say, well, that's $50 or whatever, $60. So you pay and you get your key. So you've offered your sacrifice. You laid your hard-earned money on the table. And you want a, a room for the night. So she gives you that room. You gave the sacrifice, you get an exchange. So it's just like you're offering worship to the, to the demigod. Here's my sacrifice. Please accept this nice agarbati. Ah, then here's my room, you see. But that 50 or $60 that you give that person doesn't go in their pocket. It's passed on to the man who owns the hotel. You see? Bhaktaram jagyatapasam. I am the ultimate recipient and beneficiary of all penances and austerities. They all land on Krishna's desk. You see. 
So, and the demigods cannot give you anything unless it's approved by Krishna. They have to be authorized. So, uh, what we suggest is you can cut out the middleman and go straight to Krishna. You can go to Krishna. All right, you know, Krishna, have you got your pen and paper? I want to. Here's my list. You see. Does that sound bon? Is that bona fide to do that with Krishna? To ask. Is that pious? Yes, it is. He says, for what kind of uh, exactly. Yeah. It's better to go to Krishna <coughs> than any Exactly. There are four kinds of pious men that approach me. Krishna says, "What are those? Those in distress. Somebody who's distressed. They don't know where else to turn. Those who want money. Those who just want money. I don't want love." I don't want God, you know, I really just want money. And those who understand, you know, spiritual things and who is known as jignas. Yeah. And the last one is who has real knowledge. Yeah. This. One who's looking for Krishna. Now Krishna says those are all pious. So you may say, well, it doesn't sound very pious to approach Krishna and say, give me money. But Krishna says it is. But there's one very big danger by doing this. You're playing with fire when you do this, aren't you? <laughs> because you're gonna, you're gonna end up falling in love with Krishna. That's good. Well, it's it is good, but it's gonna destroy your desire for material. You're gonna see Krishna. You're gonna say, "My dear Lord," you're like the story of Dhruva Maharaj. You know, Dhruva Maharaj. Uh, you know that story? Have you heard that story? Dhruva Maharaj was uh, uh, the son of... Uh, his father was the king, and the king had different wives. And Dhruva Maharaj's uh, mother was not the, one of the favored wives. Okay, So he wasn't one of the favored children. So one time, he was always trying to get close to his father, so one time he ran and he jumped on his father, the king's lap. And at that same time, one of the other children was approaching from one of the favored wives. So the father pushed him off and took the other child. And it broke his heart. It broke his heart. He thought, oh, I'll show you. So he went to the forest and he chanted, meditated for six months. Does anybody know the mantra that he chanted? He, he repeated over and over. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Again and again with deep feeling he wanted a kingdom that would make his father's kingdom look like a slum. He wanted to outdo his father in every material way. He wanted a kingdom that would be as big as a solar system and more gold, rubies, diamonds. You see, he wanted it all. He wanted to make his father go, oh, you are so wealthy. I'll show you. So he's sitting there praying to Krishna. You see. And then after six months, he's sitting there with his eyes closed and he felt some presence. And he opened his eyes and he looked and there stood Krishna. And Krishna's smiling at Dhruva and he says, my dear boy, you have pleased me very much. I will give you anything you want. What did Dhruva Maharaj ask for? I don't want anything. I want to. I want to see everything is vanished after seeing. He wanted. He, he still wanted everything, 
But what did everything manifest as? He said, my dear Lord, I want you. I want you. He said, I came to you looking for uh, valuable jewels. But now all these valuable jewels would simply look like pieces of broken glass. He said, please don't ever let me forget you. And Krishna said, I grant that. You have me in your heart and you'll never forget me. And you'll never see me again in this form in this lifetime. So, at the time of death, Dhruva Maharaj was promoted to, the, to a planet that was created for him, which is still there today. Does anybody know which planet that is? The North Star. Yeah. Yeah. Lok. That's, we can see Dhruva's planet. You see. So he pleased Krishna. But he started out, he wanted money. You know, but he pleased Krishna. So Krishna just gave him causeless mercy. You see. But once he saw Krishna, he thought, oh, all I want is you. I just want to never forget you. I want to always remember you and never forget you. You see. So it is pious to approach Krishna and say, give me money. But if, if money is what you want, you're going to end up getting Krishna. You'll get money. But once you get it, it may not be any value to you. The source of the, of the, the money, the source of the wealth, Krishna, will become more attractive. You know, Thank you for the money, Krishna, but I want to get to know you better. <laughs> I don't want this moment to ever end. See, I want to be with you. I want to be your servant. So, what is it, Rupa Goswami? Sanatana Goswami. One of the six Goswamis said that if you want wealth, uh, if, you de- if you desire material desires, stay away from that blue, that young blue boy on the banks of the Jamuna, because he will steal your heart. If you get close to Krishna, he will steal your heart. <laughs> he can't help it. He doesn't even have to try. He just all he has to do is be Krishna. <laughs> you know, to see him is to is to love him. You see. So we can go the roundabout, you know, we can go to Ganesh or Lord Shiva and get and they will give. They will they will satisfy our material desires. They will give money. You know, so many different material things we we may want, they will give it. You see? But we can go directly to Krishna. We may get what we ask for plus something we never bargained for. Pure love of Godhead. You see, Krishna's the stealer of hearts. So, uh, this word surrender here has a really different meaning than what we're used to. You know, surrender to uh, someone who doesn't have much understanding of the relationship of uh, the true relationship with God. It doesn't sound very attractive. You know, it's like, oh, this surrender you're asking for. Oh, oh, yeah. So, but we see when we surrender to Krishna, we get Krishna. He ends up surrendering to us. You know, 
uh, in the Nectar of Devotion, Rupa Goswami says that um, uh, he, he likens it unto, is like if you meet with Krishna, and uh, Krishna appears, and he's, and he's, and he's like this. You've, you've summoned Krishna, and he, he shows up. And, you, and he says, yes, you, you wanted to ask me for something? Well, yeah, Krishna, I wanted to ask you for, hey, what's that behind your back? Oh, Krishna, no, Krishna says, well, nothing, nothing. I have nothing behind my back. No, no. What's in your hand? Well, there's nothing in my hand. Oh, well, let me see. Well, okay, here. No, no, what's in it? You put it in the other hand. Huh? There's nothing. Well, here, let me show you. No, what is this you're hiding from me? What is that that Krishna's hiding? He doesn't try to sell you devotional service. You see, you've got to seek it out. Because when you serve him with love and devotion, according to Srila Rupa Goswami, it as it is as if you have purchased him. You own him. With love and devotion, when your love gets to the point and your service gets to be uh, loving to the degree, to a certain degree, it is you own him. He is infatuated with you. You have captured him. You see, first he captures your heart, you want to serve him, then you capture his heart. See. So that's the process. Uh, uh, what, what time? Uh, we've got about a half hour for questions, or we can end a little early too. It doesn't really. Whatever you like. Whatever what about people. questions, comments, or criticisms? Anything? Other topics? Whatever you guys. Other topics? Yeah. Thank you. What was the verse you read, Rose? Uh, 1866, um, where Krishna says, uh, Abandon all forms of religion, simply surrender unto me. I will deliver you from all sinful reactions. Have no fear. You see, we were talking earlier today. <coughs> um, I, I'm not an expert on so many different religions, you know. Uh, I've had some uh, exposure to the Christian religion and uh, the Jewish faith, uh, you know. So, but um, and we were talking uh, mm -hmm. er earlier about uh, how many of the religions of the world. How, how many do you know of to where the person that's proposed to be God is exclaiming it that I am God? Bonafide religions. I'm not talking about some weird bogus yogi from India who's telling you he's God. But when we think about it, I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know of any who boldly come <clears throat> and just stick it right in your face. You know, Krishna does it again and again. I am the supreme personality of Godhead. <laughs> you know? I'm the fire of digestion. I'm the taste of water. I'm the scent of the earth. You see, I mean, he doesn't. Uh, uh, he doesn't cover it up. He's not namby pamby about it. I am the supreme personality of Godhead. <laughs> I'm the source of all sources. I'm the Adi Purusham. <laughs> that uh, aham in Sanskrit means I am. It's also one of the most popular 
uh, uh, words in the Bhagavad Gita. Um, Krishna's saying, I am. He's telling you, here's who I am. He's, make, he's making, there's no mistake. You see, he's declaring it boldly. I am the Supreme Godhead. You see, I'm the source of all sources. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, Krishna comes out so boldly as the Supreme Godhead just to, uh, to get you to surrender. He, then he's saying, this is towards the end, you know, this, this verse that we're talking about tonight <clears throat> is almost at the end of the Bhagavad Gita. And Arjuna has asked uh, his friend Krishna so many wonderful questions, perfect questions, the, the kind of questions that we would ask God if we had audience with him, you know. Hey, what's the meaning of life? Uh, is there life after death? Uh, you know, Arjuna's asked all these questions and Krishna's answered everything, you know. You see, so towards the end of the book, uh, Arjuna says, you know, what's your ultimate secret? You know, cut to the chase. What's the, you've told me all this knowledge. And Krishna says, uh, let me tell you this confidential knowledge. Then he says, now let me tell you even more confidential. Something that's even more confident. And he keeps going, and now even more confidential than that is this. So Arjuna's thinking, wow, this is great. I get to pick Krishna's brain. What's the ultimate, the ultimate advice? Krishna says, sarva dharma parikyaga. Give up all forms of religion. Just surrender to me. Be my devotee. I will deliver you personally from sinful reaction. Have no fear. You see? In other words, <clears throat> cut to the chase. Krishna says, I'm going to give you an opportunity. You can perform all the jagyas. You can uh, go down the path. You can do this. You can do that. You can perform the process. Or you can circumvent that. You can cut to the front of the line. Because I'm going to tell you where it's going to lead you. It's going to lead you to my lotus feet. To being my de loving devotee. You see? That's where this path of religion takes you. Now if you want to, you can come on up to the front of the line. You see, bhakti yoga, uh, in, in, in the practice of bhakti yoga, the practice and the goal are one and the same. Which is make it's very mystical. The goal of bhakti yoga, <clears throat> the goal of human life, <clears throat> is bhakti yoga. The goal of bhakti yoga is to render loving devotional service to Krishna. That's the ultimate goal. And to do that, we render loving devotional service to Krishna. So Srila Prabhupada points out that for one, once you take up this path of bhakti yoga, you've already achieved the goal. The process is the goal, you see. Now our love for Krishna will grow. You know, we'll, we'll realize it as we perform more and more devotional service. Our realization will come. So everything else is just like training wheels. All other processes of worship of God. They're training wheels to get you to the big leagues to where you become his servant, his loving, devoted servant. 
you see. And Krishna says, well, if you want to, you can give all that up. You don't have to do that, which is very confidential. You see. So that's what we're distributing. We're just telling, we're trying to tell everyone, please, take to the loving service of Krishna. Consider him as your dear most friend and ever well-wisher. You see? Shuridam Sarvabhutanam. He says, I am the best friend and well-wisher of all living entities. Yatvamam Shantim Richati. He says, just by knowing this will relieve you from all material pangs. Just knowing this. Did you have so a question? the top three things to do on a practical level? Start, with, to. start with hearing. We need to hear okay, about we're doing Krishna. That one. Yeah, so we're doing that. Chanting. We need to chant. Is there some way you can maybe get around that chanting part because it's, you know, we're so busy and it's hard to sit down. And you can do that you know, while you're doing anything. Like, huh? You can do that while you're doing anything, really, in the background. We should be nice. It's, you know, if we can sit down a certain uh, part of the day for us, uh, and we can do it. Nobody, uh, maybe if you've got a schedule like President Obama, you know, where you know you wake up in the morning and there are people standing over you. you know, hurry, hurry, hurry. You've got, okay, Mr. President, you've got three minutes for your shower. You know, you see, you're at Russia. Come on, we have a meeting in the, you know, the, the whatever room in five minutes. And, you know, so someone hands you breakfast as you walk by and then you walk into a meeting and you walk out of that to a press conference and you, so if you've got a life like that perhaps you maybe President Obama doesn't have time to chant Hare Krishna get up 15 minutes ahead of that guy. well he could do that as a matter of fact uh, one of my godbrothers Tamal Krishna Maharaj was was so busy one time he was engaged in so much service he was very uh, very I had a big position in ISKCON, and uh, he, he was with Srila Prabhupada one day, and he said, you know, Srila Prabhupada, I don't, I'm not reading your books very much, you know, I'm just not reading very much. And Prabhupada said, why not? I've requested you to read one hour a day. And he said, well, I have so much service. By the time I chant 16 rounds and do all my service, you know, I don't have time to read it an hour a day. Prabhupada said, so sleep less take it out of the sleeping time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can we can find some time to sit down and chant. So we have two. The, huh? We have two. We have chanting and we have... Uh, hearing, hearing, chanting, mm-hmm. and remembering. Now, to remember, we make it a part of... Uh, and, uh, most people have a movie playing in their head. You know, you're playing a movie of what you're doing and how the world's looking at me, and you're thinking about, wow, you know that that uh, TV show I saw last night. Wow, that was really interesting. The one I saw after that wasn't so good, and you know, so uh, who's going to win the Academy Awards? I don't know. And so you've got this thing going on in your head, kind of like subconscious, and we're thinking while we're driving and doing our work and whatever. So let's put Krishna there. You see, he's so we can. Uh, this remembering means remembering 
what we've heard, remembering, uh, maybe remembering by hearing in your head the chanting of Hare Krishna. You see, if you chant enough, you'll find that it's going on in your head automatically. You ever notice? You know, you'll hear in, in the morning. In the morning. In the mornings, yeah. And the what happens as we get in contact with the material energy, it will replace it. The material energy is trying to do that. I'll give you a great example. I remember, uh, well, many times, but I've, uh, in, in San Antonio this summer, uh, I would get up, be chanting, have a morning program. You know, everything's great, and I have to go to the store to do some shopping for the to buy the boga for the temple to cook for the devotees. So I'd I'd be driving, you know, and I'm in my head is. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. You know, I make it faster, and I make it slower, and it's just, I'm just having so much fun. And I walk into the store, you know, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, you know, and it's, this is going on in my head. And then when I come out, I'm hearing, um, you know, Jimi Hendrix or something like that. <laughs> you go in there, and they play this music. Almost everywhere you go, they play music. You know, you notice that? And they've got Beatles they're playing, or there's some rock and roll or something. So I come out, and I get in my car, and I start it up, and I've got the groceries, and I'm heading back to the temple, and I'm hearing, you know, Jimi Hendrix. I'm thinking, hey, how did this get here? I've been cheated. Bait and switch, you know? So I'd have to go back, you know. What, 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 what raga was that? What, what was that melody I had? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. You see, and... So uh, remember, let's think, uh, think about what we read. Instead of thinking about other things, mundane things that happen, we think of, uh, you know, uh, what if it was me trying to tie that rope around Krishna? You know, how would I feel if every time I got in his two fingers too short, you see? Uh, talk to Krishna. And you can talk to him in your head. You don't have to walk around at the store or something, you know, talking. They may throw you out if you do that, but, but talk to him, you know, have some realization that what's going on is your mercy, my dear Lord. Everything that's happening around me is, is your mercy, you see. Uh, so we think like that. So hearing chanting and remembering, this makes us conscious of Krishna, or Krishna conscious, you see. And... Uh, and we could have a, you know, other, we, could, we could talk for a long time on, on that subject of, uh, of why that's difficult. You would think, oh, wow, that sounds really easy. Krishna's so wonderful. Why can't we just think of him all the time? Uh, why don't we cut to the, end, to the front of the line and become his, his servant all the time? You see, what's keeping us? False ego, I think. False ego and attachment. We want the disappointments and sorrows. Right, exactly. We're, we're attached. We're, we're, we're attached. And it's not that we see that uh, this world is any better than Krishna. It's just that we've been doing this so long. For so long I've been convinced that I am my body. Uh, that I'm an American. I'm a man, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a, uh, a writer, or I'm a, a salesman, or whatever, an engineer. I'm convinced 
I have my degree, I have my identity, and I keep changing my identity because as the styles change, I'll go to different clothing. I'll do my hair differently, you see. I think it's me, but yet it keeps changing. You know, if you look at a picture of somebody, ever looked at a picture of an old friend when they were like in grade school, and you say, wow, look at your hair, it looks so silly. <laughs> you know. It's just like, you know, everybody got into this style that came out uh, a few several years ago, the, the bed head where the, their hair looks like it's all messed up, mm -hmm. you know. So if, ten years from now, people are going to say, hey, look at you with a dumb hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So that was my identity when I did it. But that's who I was trying to be. That's who I was trying to portray, you see. And I'm attached. I'm attached to that. Uh, we want to be humiliated by their death. Yeah, yeah. We like it. Yeah. So we're we're um, uh, humiliated by death. The death when it comes, it humiliates you. Yeah, yeah. Death it comes. loves it even. Death comes and it humiliates. People are afraid of death. You see, the devotee is not afraid of death. That's the biggest uh, strength. Yeah. Not, be, not being afraid of anything. Sometimes people think you you devote you Hare Krishna devotees. You just don't think properly. You're not afraid of death. You're not con so many things. You're not concerned with. No, we're not concerned. Why? We don't fear death because it's like the teeth of the tiger. You know, if the tiger jumps out of the bushes and he growls at you, shows those fierce teeth, you may go, oh, I'm, I'm afraid. But yet the cubs of the tiger, the little babies, they see those teeth and they think, oh, my mommy. And the mommy picks him up with those teeth and carries him by the nape of the neck. And the, the cub actually becomes attached to those teeth, you see. So the teeth of death to the devotees, oh, you've come to take me to Krishna. You know, so Krishna may send me back here to serve him in some way, or he may send me someplace else, or he may put me in Goloka Vrindavan. I don't know, but whatever he wants, this is going to be good. This is not bad. It cannot be bad. This is, I don't know how this will come out, but it's, all possibilities are good. As Krishna said, death to get me. So in that matter, we'll be totally convinced. Yeah, yeah. What did you say, Radhari? In that matter, he will be totally convinced. Mm. Totally convinced means we've given up our attachment. We're attached to the to the degree that we have doubts. You see, if I'm <laughs> if I'm ninety eight percent positive that Krishna will come and deliver me, as he says here, from all sinful reaction, then I've got 2% doubt if I'm 98% convinced. And that 2% can be kind of a nightmare. You know, you see. It's like a soldier in battle. If, he's f if he has full confidence in his ability, then he has minima, at least minimal fear, maybe no fear. If he's got... 10% doubt, then he's in trouble. You see, he's in a world of fear. So, all right, I guess we should probably wrap it up. Sure. All right. All glory to Shiva Prabhupada.